Welcome back to another episode of Rewilding for Women, where we talk about practices, we talk about tools and ways in which we can start to open up and step into our fullness, our allness. We do a lot of practices around the divine feminine as well as the divine masculine, talk about different things that arise on this path to awakening, on this path to stepping into our most empowered, embodied selves. I'm your host, Sabrina Lynn, founder of Rewilding. This is a topic that I think needs more airtime in our society and should be talked about more openly, should be explored in different ways, given our current culture, given the current ways in which we're starting to awaken and we're starting to traverse this spiritual path. And that topic is the dark night of the soul. I explore it in this episode from a standpoint of marrying the ancient texts, maybe not ancient, St. John of the Cross isn't too ancient, but his work and really honoring his work and, and, and marrying that with what I'm seeing, what we're seeing in current modern day awakening paths for us in current culture who are wired the way that we were wired, who are facing the challenges that we're facing, who are living in the cultural conditions that we're living in. And, and it's extremely exciting to me to be able to marry the two and to talk about both and hopefully weave in the wisdom from the past into modern day culture and, and open up to new wisdom that's coming through, new ways of talking about the dark night, new ways of supporting the dark night, and just comp- just understanding how it might look a little bit differently for us. So enjoy the podcast episode. If you're not already a Rewilding subscriber, I absolutely invite you to do that. You can easily do that by going over to rewildingforwomen.com. It takes three seconds, name and email. Then you're a part of our community. Um, we said lots of different updates to our community. We send lots of insights and tips, and we oftentimes do free workshops just for our community. So those who are subscribers, oftentimes will get little workshops here and there. Um, And also our astrology report comes through for subscribers. If you're interested in being with us live for these episodes, join us in our Facebook group. So there's a Facebook group, Rewilding for Women. These episodes get recorded in there every week as a Facebook Live. So it's a way to step in a circle, a way to communicate with other women. The chat box is always beautifully um, full and the love hearts are always going. So it's a way to step into circle, a way to be with other women who are on this path to awakening, on this path to stepping into fullness of self. Okay, that's enough of me yammering on. Enjoy this episode. So let's get into this, can we? Um... I want to ask for your permission for something first. Um, And the permission that I want to ask for is, can we go for it? Um, Can I take us as high and as deep and as big, as wide, as wild (laughs) as, as as we can today? That's, that's my question for us all. And that's something also to kind of hopefully sort of set the stage. 
um, for us is if we can all hold this energy together, it makes for a very different experience. If even if you're watching this later and you're not to, I love it. Yes, go for it, sister. Hell yeah, Darla. Thank you. Um, if you're watching this later, it's the same. So us all holding this intention that yes, I'm willing to step into that. Yes, I'm willing to walk into that space. Yes, I'm willing to hold that. I'm gonna hold the door open to the heights and to the depths. And we just go for it. And there might be some things that are hard to translate. There might be some things where we lose words we get to such heights or such realms that suddenly finding a word to explain it is near impossible. But to me, it's also a trusting of the energy, trusting of the energy and trusting that we get exactly what we're meant to get in the moment that we're here connecting in together, whether it be here live or it be here later on in a podcast. Um, and so if we can all take a couple of deep breaths into that intention. And I know some of you here on this live or even on the podcast later are holding some big space. I know some of you hold really big connection to the path of awakening. Some of you hold, some of you facilitate really big, deep, beautiful spaces. Some of you actually midwife dark nights of the soul. And so for those of you who do that, I so invite you to just hold that space. So in this moment, I invite you to stand in that depth. Um, Hannah, I see all of your hearts. Sister, I so invite you to step into that depth. Um, and if there's anybody else here who's live and in person, and if you feel to comment and say, hey, I'm going to hold this door open. I'm going to stand one foot in the dark night, one foot in this realm. I'm going to hold the anchor point. Um, if there are any of you who feel called to do that, do it. Even if you're watching it later and you feel called to, to stand in that place for what is a circle right now. So what is a gathering of, of somewhat like minds or a gathering of souls that have come together holding a similar intention, that similar intention of awakening. Hannah, you crack my heart open, woman. Like that brings tears to my eyes just seeing you write the words holding and to feel that. Holly, um, yes, holding. Oh, I can feel that. I'm on the bridge between the realms. I'm in holding. Becca, oh, Livy, holding. Um, Rachel, I'm here for you. Nicole, I'm going to hold that space for me. Hell yeah, Michelle. Um, evening, my lovelies. Welcome, sister. We're just starting to open the door to the dark night. So for those of you who've just started to walk in, there are some amazing women who are here co-creating the space with us who have just put their hand up and have just said, hey, I'm going to hold that space for us. I'm going to hold I'm going to be that conduit of sorts to help us to traverse these realms. And to me, it's let's traverse these realms with as much grace as we can, as much love as we can, as much heights and depths as we can. Um, this is a precious topic. This is a sacred space, a sacred thing, a sacred experience to be talking about. And I want to hold it with 
as much sacredness as we can and to feel all of you here co-creating that space helps to take me to another level um, and takes every single woman who ever connects into this circle, into this conversation, into this space to another level. Um, and so if you want to just take a second and breathe into that space for a moment, um, to me it's just this, it's glorious. To me it's part of the mysteries of of what we can do when we come together, when two or more gather in my name, right? What, what we can do when we gather the amount of divinity or the grace or the shakti um, that kind of gets created in this vortex. So uh, Jane, I see you woman, sending my love, I feel you. Um, thank you um, whew, all for opening up circle, I feel like. I feel like we can walk gently into this topic. I feel like we can walk with grace and with a sense of sacredness and a sense of deep honor and a sense of deep respect into this space. So before I kind of walk into things, I do want to really honor those who've walked before us. I want to... Um, honor St. John of the Cross for his work on the dark night of the soul. I want to honor Teresa of Avila, and I want to honor a lot of the mystics who have written, who have shared, especially their own personal journeys, their autobiographies of their dark nights. So for them to bring some of that stuff out into the world, really want to honor that and want to honor the highest essence of what it means for dark night of the soul. And, wow, I think that was a bee that just decided it would really hammer that point home as it flew in front of my face. Um, the first thing that we need to talk about is what the hell is the dark night of the soul? And also to... Um, hold us in this circle, us in this conversation to the heights of the dark night, not to the cultural hoorah-rah, markety kind of like fun slang things to say, like I'm in a dark night of the soul. And it's actually, to me, sometimes it's extraordinarily disrespectful of what a dark night of the soul actually is. Um, to me, it's like you're having like a minor a minor level of discomfort in your ego world and you're calling that a dark night of the soul and it's not. These are the heights that I want to talk at today. These are the realms that I want to hold us into and the fire that I want to hold us to. So first and foremost, it's, it's a, as we start to walk into this for each of us individually to hold ourselves to the fire. And when I say hold ourselves to the fire, what I'm meaning by that is hold ourselves to the fire of truth. It's holding ourselves to the deepest truth that we can get to, like a, a soul truth, right? It's that soul truth. It's not the ego truth or the ego story or what the ego is, is making up to make itself feel good. It's this deep, deep, deep soul truth. Um, and so we start to traverse these realms and it's holding ourselves to the fire of truth. 
Because it sounds way cooler if I say I'm in a dark night of the soul versus saying I'm a little bit depressed, right? That's the ego getting a hold of spirituality, which I think is insane, right? Right? Can we just feel into that for one second? Like, can we feel into that and the amount of stuff around dark night of the soul that is that? in our pop culture, in new age spirituality, in, in this space is the ego is getting a hold of spirituality. And that's the opposite of what spirituality is for. The total opposite of what spirituality is for. The ego is grasping onto and saying, look at me, I am so cool. I'm having a dark night of the soul. Look at me with all my bangles and beads and crystals and magical wands and all of this stuff. <laughs> it, 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 it grates on my nerves, that whole thing. And so to me, it's let's hold ourselves to the fire. Let's make this real. Let's really go into this space. So the next thing I want to talk about with regards to Dark Night of the Soul, what does it feel like? What does it look like? It's real. It's real. There's a lot of different ways that the dark night has been explained. Actually, here's one that I wrote down. I never take notes. Look at all these notes. This is how much the dark night got a hold of me in the last two days. So this is from Thomas Merton, and I love this. And I think this will help to launch us into conversation around dark night of the soul. The only full and authentic purification is one which turns a person completely inside out so that he no longer has a self to defend, right? Completely turns a person inside out so that he or she no longer has a self to defend. The full maturity of the spiritual life cannot be reached unless we first pass through the dread, the anguish, the trouble, the fear that necessarily accompany the inner crisis of spiritual death in which we finally abandon our attachment to our exterior self and surrender completely to the divine. That to me is what we're talking about when we talk about dark night of the soul. It is, <laughs> it is, you getting you knocked out of you. It is the divine delivering the most perfect storm in your life so that you release little self. You release little comforts, little attachments, old patterns that have made you feel safe and secure, old ways of being, old wounds, old traumas that keep you in small little self. So it's oftentimes a life tsunami or feels like a life tsunami. The thing about, or the thing that I'm finding interesting is on the awakening path, if you look at shamans, for instance, shamans used to, in initiation, Right when a shaman or a person in the tribe would be called into the role of shaman within the tribe, their initiation energetically was often very physical. It was a 
health crisis. It was a near-death experience. It was an illness that they would go through. Today, what I witness is it can be things like an addiction that somebody has to go through. It can, you can see men who end up transforming into shamans through AA. It can also be a crisis of money. It can be crisis of home. It can be divorce. It can be loss of somebody. Oftentimes, our most challenging moments are our most fruitful. They're our most growth-filled. They are where big expansion is taking place. Big, quick, rapid evolution. Rapid transformation. Rapid moves upward in consciousness. And what's happening is the parts that don't vibrate at that level you're being called to are dying. They, they have to be let go. They can't make it up there. They can't survive up there. There's not enough fuel for them to live at those heights. The other thing I'm finding interesting is today we are oftentimes going through these things alone. Not to say that dark nights back in the day, a couple hundred years ago during the time of St. John of the Cross, dude was very much alone, right? He was in a cellar for nine months, locked away by his good buddies. Like, that's pretty lonely. That's pretty shit. But it's that our society doesn't necessarily have the supports in place for dark nights. There aren't places for us to go. There oftentimes aren't people for us to talk to who can see it from the level that it's happening at, from the spiritual height that it's happening at. So it can be a matter of this evolution, evolutionary process is happening in you. This big transformation is happening to, it, to you. There are old parts of self dying as you're being opened and you're being rewired. And you may go to a therapist and they may tell you take something for depression. And so to me, this is such a... Um, and part of it is probably from personal experience is having gone through some of those really rapid awakenings and being sent to people who don't have comprehension of that. Um, I went to a shaman, and you would think a shaman may have some comprehension of that. And she told me to put a hood over my head when I fly in airplanes because evil spirits are going to be attacking me because there's so much light that just came through. Um, that was not useful. It was just not at all useful. 
<laughs> from where I was at. I want to wrap so much love around anyone who is currently feeling like they're in a dark night or who has been through a dark night and didn't feel like they had the support. And I know I can't physically hug you and I can't physically sit down and have a one-on-one -on -one conversation for you and hold space for you, but for all of us who are on here live and who are holding that space, um, if it feels right to hold so much love, so much love for women who are currently listening to this or watching this or who are here with us, who are feeling like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't know if I'm gonna get through this. I don't even know what this is. Um, or if you've been through one and there are residual parts of you that didn't feel seen or witnessed or loved or held when you went through it. Just holding huge love space for that. Huge grace for that. Huge witness for that. Like the, I, I see it. Um, we all see it. And I think um, there are lots of beautiful, beautiful comments um, of women just holding space and I see lots of hearts and just the huge holding of that. Um, to me, one of the intentions of creating this, there was a few, one is I think a lot of us hit to some degree a dark night of the soul over this last eclipse season, this last eclipse period, um, because it was so intense, such rapid transformation, life got flipped upside down, and maybe it didn't happen during the eclipse season, maybe it happened after it, or maybe it was a little bit before it, um, but it's feeling like so much got shaken up so fast for so many of us. One of my intentions was to hold some space for that in this particular podcast episode, but the other thing is to hold some space for any woman who's going through a dark night of the soul at any point in the future can come to this episode and can be held here, even if it's just for a moment in time, even if it's just for a split second of, oh my God, somebody gets it. Somebody else gets it. Um, let's talk about let's talk about what it can feel like and there's a lot of different things out there like symptoms of dark night of the soul but I'll just share a few and you can do a lot more research on this and, and check things out and feel into things To me, it feels as if, um, or how a lot of women will describe it, and men will describe it, is there's a nothingness. There's, there's nothing. I'm in the void. There's nothing. I can't see anything. I can't feel anything. I have zero direction. Um, nothing is clear. Um, 
some other things can be something that comes up that is so feels so far beyond what you're capable of managing. So some sort of life experience that feels so incredibly overwhelming. Maybe it's emotionally overwhelming, maybe it's physically overwhelming, um, can be in any of the areas of our life. But it's getting to a situation, oh my God, I don't know how I'm gonna make it through this thing. And there's a lot more, but I don't think I, I don't think we should go into all of that. I think it's I think there's enough resources on that out there. So if you feel to look for more or to search more, um, definitely go do that. I was listening to Carolyn Mace um, talk about Dark Night of the Soul, and what she had said about it was. And, and this is around what could bring on a dark night of the soul. And she goes, when you start asking questions like, what am I here for? Why was I put here? What is my highest purpose? <laughs> She'll say, you're not asking questions anymore. You're saying prayers, really big prayers. And it's now not about what the answer is to that. It's the actual evolution into that. So it's the becoming of that. And that's painful, right? So this whole process to me is, it's a, we are becoming it. And this is how I wanna talk about it here from a standpoint of really honoring the divine feminine and the path that a lot of us are on, which is this awakening up to the divine feminine, meaning we're not just taking the divine masculine path or some of the other spiritual paths where it's the transcending of the body, it's the transcending of life itself, what we are doing, and, and this is now getting kind of rewilding specific or getting awakening feminine specific or specific to maybe what you, you are doing as well, maybe not necessarily through rewilding, but this is getting a little bit more specific. Now I'm moving away from St. John of the Cross. We've done the honoring, love, those, love the dude, love Teresa of Avila, but really want to talk about this with regards to the divine feminine and the path that so many of us are being called to and I think we're lacking a lot of resources on it. But it's that we're now not transcending out. Our dark nights are very, very different because what we are doing is we are inviting the light in. We are inviting the divinization to happen throughout our whole body. So now, it's not just this great void and the mind has gone blank because I'm up here, right? It's now that my whole chakra system is involved in a mother freaking dark night of the soul. And when I start to get my whole chakra system involved, my whole body involved, my whole being involved, I am going to come up against 
the deepest traumas. I'm going to come up against old hidden patterns. I'm going to come up against a lot of big emotion. First chakra, I am going to come up against security, safety, tribe. These are now our dark nights of the soul. These are different dark nights of the soul. So those of us who are called to a feminine awakening path, or both, which is what we do in rewilding, it's both the awakening of the divine feminine and the awakening of the divine masculine. When we are called to these paths, it's that our dark nights of the soul, we're gonna have to look at everything that sits along safety, security, tribal stuff. The murky murk that sits in the base chakra, right? The murky murk that is on the lower level survival floor. So what it is that we're doing is we're actually bringing in the light, inviting the divinization to happen in our most primal, raw, survival, nasty places. That's a new dark night of the soul. That is a new dark night of the soul. That is a dark night of the soul that is going to put you on the floor, bawling your eyes out in pain, in grief, in agony, in rage. All of those things in order that they be released because they don't vibrate at the light that you're stepping into. You're stepping into a new way of being. You're opening up the channel to Shakti, to the divine. You're divinizing it, right? Next thing, second chakra. Holy shit, are you kidding me? Now what we're doing is now we're going to be going into a dark night that has to do with any sort of sexual energy, any sort of sexual exchange that is not at the heights, that's not pure, that's not beautiful, that's not grace-filled. This is a different dark night. This is a dark night where you will freak out when a man touches you because you are in that place where you cannot be touched. What your body is doing is it's purging out and it's detoxifying any sort of sexual energy that now doesn't align at these new heights that you're opening to, you're awakening to, you're stepping into. This is intense. This is different. St. John of the Cross didn't deal with this stuff. Teresa of Avila, she wasn't making love to her husband. She didn't have to have the conversation with him saying, hey, honey, so I know that I haven't really had sexual trauma in this life. However, I am going through some really big purifying stuff around sexuality. It is so big that when you touch me, I shudder. I am scared out of my mind when you get close to me. It is not about you. It is not about you. I'm just in a place where it is purifying out of me. It doesn't make sense to me because it's not on a level from this life. It's ancestral. It's the collective that I've absorbed and held in my womb. It's past life stuff that I've held locked away in my hips for decades upon, lifetimes upon lifetimes. This is big. Our little brains cannot fathom the bigness of this. We cannot fathom the ultimate reality of this. We cannot grasp what's actually happening. 
Science has zero idea of what's going on. You want to talk purification process? We haven't even begun to do research on that, on what it means to purify, what it means to open, what happens when we start to vibrate at different levels, what happens when we start to release the denser energies. We have no idea from a logical reasoning standpoint. This adds to Dark Night of the Soul because you can't go read a book about it. You can't call up your family practitioner and say, hey, Dr. Bob, I feel like I'm purifying my second chakra. What can I do? He's going to tell you you're mental and probably want to take out your fucking ovaries. This sucks. So next we've got third chakra and you can imagine all of the power plays that come with third chakra. And I'm not going to go into all of that. Also the heart, P.S. This whole thing about let's follow the heart. I love that. I am all for the heart. This thing is magical as hell. It does amazing things. It needs purifying. It also needs purifying. Because it will make really silly decisions about ex-boyfriends and ex-lovers and the dude down the street and the mailman and da-da-da-da-da for a good long time until that guy gets purified as well, right? There's old patterns. There's old love patterns. There's old needy patterns. There's old safety, security patterns. There's a I need to be seen pattern and I need to be loved. I need some attention. And so to me, it's not follow the heart. It's follow the soul. Follow the soul. And also this thing about the dark night of the soul, it's not a dark night of the soul. The soul knows what it's doing. There are no dark nights for the soul. The soul loves that shit. Cause the soul is like, finally, I get to stretch my wings. Like finally I get to express myself through this being in a bigger way. That's what the soul is doing. The soul is having a dance party in your system. It's your ego that's shitting itself. It's your ego that's having a dark night. It's your old constructs. It's your old ways of being. It's your little self. So sometimes ego is also this word that we get all tripped up on and has like a billion different meanings and I think we all perceive it in a different way. But if you just feel into like little, it's, it's my little self, not inner child, but it's little, it's little Sabrina. It's like that human Sabrina that has all these like little foibles and weirdnesses and patterns and absorbed family patterning and and all of that. And so it's this shift out of that into a place that's, I want to say impersonal, but I also can use the word impersonal and suddenly we get like, oh, I don't want to do that. There's fear that comes with this. So dark night, it, there's fear because it's the loss of self. So it's, it's death of self. It is a legitimate death. It is a death. It's a mourning. It's a, that's a way of being that I knew. That's a way of being that allowed me to get this far. That's a way of being that kept me safe. That's a way of being that I know, that I trust. This new way, I have no idea what that does. I have no idea what that looks like. So how can we support this process? One of the biggest, 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 biggest things, and it's one of the hardest things, <laughs> is the trusting in the perfection of it, is that it is so incredibly perfect. You can't fathom how perfect it is. And it's always perfect, it's never not perfect. 
never not perfect. It can't not be perfect. It can't, it can't, it can't. It's always perfect. Always, always. Your job, your job is to give it space. Your job is to meditate, is to pray, is to do your practice. Your job is to keep feeling, is to keep flushing out, is to give yourself the space to puke that shit out, to clean out the first chakra, to clean out the second chakra, to find the big awakening space. Your job is to follow where you're called. Your job is to hear the calling and then take action on the calling. That's, your, that's it. That's all we have to do. That sounds like it's really simple, right? Yeah, we log jam that all of the time. So we get the calling, we get the hit, we get the intuitive hit, we know it, but then we do all this rationalizing thing in our head where we talk ourselves out of it, like, oh, maybe that wasn't right. And then we do all sorts of crazy things. We create chaos in order to not have to act on that thing. Supporting self through dark night of the soul. Don't push it. That's another big one, don't push. Pushing is you going into little self. Pushing is you not trusting the process. So this whole thing, dark night of the soul, this is you surrendering over to divine mind versus little mind, right? It's surrendering over to it. It's starting to create the wiring to where you can wire your mind to divine mind to create the wiring so that you can wire your whole of your energetic system to the whole of the divine energetic system. And it's a purification. It's purifying out anything that blocks those channels, anything that clogs those lines, anything that crosses the wires. And it's, it's continual. So it's continual. It doesn't, it doesn't stop. There's different degrees of dark nights of the soul. There's different lengths of dark nights of the soul. They can go on for a couple of days. They can go on for a couple of months. They can go on for a couple of years. Yeah, that's, that's kind of it. That's, that sucks. But in the don't push, it's that I, I, I'm actually almost choosing to suffer when I push. So we've got this choice. We can suffer in a dark night or we can surrender over to it, open to it, and allow it. So it's just like any of the work that we do, right, with opening and awakening. And when we work with Shakti, it's not a push, it's not a forcing, it's not, it's not a controlling thing, it's a letting go of control. And that's oftentimes why we have such a hard time in the dark night, is because it's us letting go of the control we think we have over our lives right? We think we have control. We think we have control over our bank account. Well, who's to say that your money in your bank account is not going to disappear tomorrow? You don't know that. But we like to think we have that control. Um, so <clears throat> supports for dark nights of the soul. Not pushing. Another really beautiful support is surround yourself with the spiritual wisdom from the ages. Listen to lectures, listen to podcasts or um, workshops, read books, check out St. John of the Cross, check out Teresa of Avila, um, you can check out um, Carolyn Mace kind of helps to um, 
translate some of the older writings of Teresa of Avila and St. John of the Cross. James Finley also does some translating of some of the older texts into more common parlance, so it's a little bit easier to understand. Surrounding yourself, surrounding yourself, surrounding yourself, surrounding yourself. That's probably the biggest one that I can say, is surround yourself. Because we live in a world where this, to most people, doesn't even exist. How many of you can relate to that, right? Like, how many of you can relate to living in a world where most of the people that you know, this doesn't exist? And that makes it that much more of a difficult journey through the dark night because we are surrounded by a society that doesn't honor the spiritual path, that doesn't know the spiritual path, that doesn't comprehend it, that doesn't hold space for it, that doesn't nurture it, that can't even really talk to it, that mostly doesn't believe in it. So finding the spaces, finding the people, finding the teachers, finding the books, finding the lectures, finding the whatever, that helps you know you're not going crazy. <laughs> that helps you to feel somebody gets it. I am not alone in this. I am not the only person who's had to traverse these realms. It's real. That's another really big part of the dark night of the soul, and that's a big part of what the divine is wanting to do, is show you it's real. It's more real than you can possibly fathom. It's more real than it's more real than um, sorry, I was reading comments. <laughs> I was reading Marimbo's crazy how fast everyone is opening um, to it though. I agree with you. Um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. I'm just kind of looking at my notes to see if there's anything. Here's another thing to hold on to. Know that it will change. So oftentimes when we're in it, and I use this analogy a lot, when we're standing in a tornado, right, the tornado is whipping around us, whipping around us, whipping around us. We can't see anything other than the tornado. It's as if nothing exists other than this tornado. Somebody who's not in the tornado can look and just go, oh, you're just surrounded by a tornado, Sabrina. Take five steps to the right and you'll be out of the tornado. But we can't see. Um, so when we're in it, we sometimes fall into this, this place of, wow, I'm never getting out. <laughs> I might not ever get out of this. But no, it changes. It always changes. Um, everything always changes always, constantly. Joy changes. We don't get to stay joyful all of the time. Dark nights change. We don't get to stay in a dark night all of the time. It's, it's the nature of life. Thomas Merton, that's the quote that I read at the very start. Um, he was giving spiritual direction. And this was James Finley, who I also mentioned. So James Finley is like an 18-year-old who's just um, like joined the monastery. And he goes in and he's like, oh, this problem I'm having and I feel this and it's just, uh, I'm just really down. And Thomas Merton's reply to him was, just wait around, wait, wait around five, wait five minutes, it'll change. 
And then he comes in the next day, right? And he's like, oh, I'm having such a good day. He's back in for spiritual direction. I'm having such a good day. This is going on. This is going on. And he goes, wait around five minutes. That'll change. And that's the nature of it. So that's the nature of life. So to just remember, though, when we're in it, it, it will change. It will change. It will change. The surrendering is a big component. The finding things that help support it from a very deep spiritual place. Um, here's another one that's really good that will help traverse this realm. The more you can hold yourself to the fire, oftentimes the quicker you'll get out of it, the quicker it will change. So the quicker you can see what's in it, the quicker you can stop projecting the quicker you can stop skating out, the quicker you can stop creating chaos. So a lot of times what a dark night is doing is it's knocking down your defenses. It's knocking down protection mechanisms. It's knocking down little self. Those are all little self things. And so the more you can hold yourself to the fire and you can shine that light on yourself, oftentimes the quicker it shifts. It's the owning self, right? It's it's the not ever being able to say, well, this person did this to me and this is why my life is so bad. Or I lost all of my money. Well, no, no, no. How do you feel? How do you feel about that? What's that done for you? Oh, it's put you in a place of not feeling secure. Okay, now what does that do? Oh, it turns you into a ravaging beast. Oh, and a liar and a thief. Oh. That's what I'm talking about, is that really pointing it back on ourselves. We only get to look at self. Um, and that oftentimes will, will shift things, change things. Talking to somebody, a friend, who can hold you to the fire, asking them, can you hold me to the fire? Is there something that you can see that I can't see, right? Just, just give it to me straight. What am I not seeing here? I'm having a hard time. I've got all of my defenses up. It's painful to see this dark denseness about myself. What, what can you help me to see? Um, all right. Whew, that was wild. That was wild. I think that's all I've got on Dark Knight. Yeah, that's what I wanted to share. Um, that feels really good. We've got about 10 minutes. Um, if anybody's got any questions, uh, let's just have like 10 minutes for questions that may pop up. Um, I love, I'm loving these comments. Maybe I'll just read a few of the comments. If you are going to ask a question, um, if you just put three question marks first and then write the question, it helps me to just decipher between comments and questions. Um, but let's just see. So true, it's obliterating anything that is not for your highest divine soul's purpose. That's it. That's, that's absolutely it, Rebecca. Um, yes, only looking within and the self. It's hard to see the dark parts of self. Absolutely, it's hard. <laughs> um, Serena, you're constantly making me go, oh. <laughs> oh, my pleasure, Libby. Um, yes, get into my feeling and speak it from the depths. Shift things in an hour. Yeah, awesome. B-I-C, woman. Um, let's see. 
taking out the judgment, seeing with curiosity. Here's a question. Um, Maja, how to tell the difference between the dark night and simply being down. So I talked a little bit about that at the start. If you didn't hear that, there's a lot of things that you can Google around symptoms of the dark night or signs of the dark night or deciphering between the dark night and depression or the dark night and simply being down. To me, um, what would I say? Yeah, I would say just have a look. To me, it's very personal. To me, it's us having to decipher for ourselves. So unless you're working very closely with a spiritual director um, or very closely with a spiritual teacher or somebody who knows you and really knows the symptoms and the signs and can energetically feel, because to me, for me and for women that I sit in circle with and women I work with and when dark night of the soul comes up, to me it's an energetic feeling. So I can energetically feel into, is this just a little, this is just being a little bit down or, um, I mean, we could be down because we're eating too much sugar, right? So to me and how I feel into it, this is why I'm having a hard time finding words for it, is I can feel what's happening. And probably the question to ask yourself is, is my soul involved in this? Is my soul involved in this? Does this feel like it's purifying me? Does this, this is it. So here we just got to it finally after my fumbling around. It's asking self those questions. Is my soul involved? Does this feel like a purifying? Does this feel like I'm being asked to step up? Does it feel like parts of me are being asked to die? Do I need to let go of things in order to vibrate at a higher level? Does that, does that help? Hopefully that helps. I think that's probably the best way to do it. It's, again, it's that being very vigilant with self, being very real with self, being very honest with self, right? Like, am I being asked to grow here? Having a conversation with your soul, getting quiet, getting real, going internal. So dark nights are often very internal spaces. It's the inner world is becoming stronger than the outer world. Okay, hopefully that helps. All right, let's see what else is there. Um, okay next question this is Christy <laughs> I love this question I, I hear this question all the time or something similar to it how do you honor this transition while coexisting with someone who may not and who vibrates in a lower space can this contrast be good Christy heck Yes, sister, this contrast can be amazing. So it can be that there is a container that's set up between the two of you. Can be that that person is actually gifting you with insights about yourself that you would never see. They might be the perfect person to show you things about yourself that only they can show you, right? Like they might be the person who pokes the right button that turns you into the wicked witch from the West. And that's a beautiful thing for them to be that person. Um, but it's again, getting really serious with ourselves, asking ourselves the deep questions, really feeling into, is this relationship supporting me? Even if it's tumultuous, it can be supportive. Is this helping my growth? Is this helping my evolution? Um, is this in my highest? 
So that's probably the question I always ask myself is, this might feel hellacious at the moment. This relationship coexisting with this person might feel hellacious and treacherous and challenging and horrible and hard. And I feel like they're causing the dark night of the soul, right? That's like projecting 101. Um, but getting real with myself, right? And getting real, like you're meditating, you're praying, like you are getting real and you're asking the question, is this in my highest good? And there have been times in my life where, yeah, that is absolutely in my highest good. And then there have been times in my life where it's like, no, actually, it's, 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 it's time to let go. It, it's, it's now past time to let go. And it's actually just painful because you didn't listen to the actual insight that you got three months ago. I know, I know, we have to get real with ourselves. It sucks, right? Sucks having to be that honest and that truthful with ourselves. Okay, um, Kim, how do you maintain space for the darkness when so many parts want to quiet it, run, disassociate, Kim? That is an awesome question and I'm so glad that you asked that woman. For me, and for a lot of other women that I know that have traversed these realms, it's the being extraordinarily dedicated to coming into practice, to creating the space to honor the darkness. It, it's also being very aware, like even your comment there is you being very aware, you naming it, you naming and saying that there are parts of me that want to quit it, that want to run, that want to dissociate. That's part of the shift and the transformation is just the ability to shine a light on those, the ability to own those, the ability to see those. Some, a practice that I often share um, around these sorts of defense mechanisms or protection mechanisms or parts of self that just want to get the hell out of there, which is let's face it, a lot of parts of self. And that's why the dark night is so wild and so challenging is because soul is growing and there's parts of us that are like, yeah, woohoo, like give me the light. Like let's do this, this higher vibratory thing. Let me, let me bump up levels in consciousness. And then there's other parts that are doing that exact thing. So if you can almost feel into those parts as, as an energetic something or give them a face or give them a form and honor them, honor them, write them a letter, thank them, right? Thank them. So thank them for what they've done in the past because maybe disassociating in the past was really helpful and it kept you safe. Maybe running in the past was really helpful and it kept you safe. And so honoring them, talking to them, having a conversation with them, witnessing them. This is just one of those practices. If it feels right, go for it. Um, to not bash the crap out of them, to not beat them up, to not shame those parts of self, but to just go, hey, I see you, and I know you're trying to do something that's good for me, but this is actually in my highest. Like, in my highest is sitting in this darkness. My highest is actually feeling this. We don't wanna feel the bad. Right? Most of us have been programmed not to feel the bad, not to feel the grief, not to feel the rage. And so we stuff it down and we hide it and we bury it. And then it does all sorts of unconscious, horrible, sabotaging things to our lives. Um, 
And so being okay, and what starts to happen is those things, they just fall away. And we start to be okay with feeling all of the feels. So not having to run, um, not having to run from what we may perceive as the darkness. Okay, uh, let's do, let's do one more question. Um, how may we cleanse the manifestation of our bodies linked to the dark night of the soul? Um, how can we cleanse the manifestation of our bodies? Um, Bella, I'm not sure that I'm totally understanding that question, so I'm just going to go with my gut feel on um, and how you're asking me. I wish I could ask you for clarification on it. Um, but cleansing the manifestations of our bodies. Um, I don't know what you mean by manifestations of our bodies. Is it, is it like the manifestation of an illness? Is it the manifestation of denser energies in our body? Um, or is it just our body? <laughs> Maybe is it just the manifestation of the body linked to the dark night of the soul? So I'll just kind of talk generally about it as best I can to try and answer that. Um, I do a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of body work. Um, I have to. And I believe any person who's opening up to the divine feminine has to do a lot of body work because what it is that we are doing is we are inviting the divinity to come into us. We are, in, we are becoming embodiments of the divine. We are, we are inviting the divine to flow through us as Shakti. So to me, any practices that are embodiment practices, any practices that are bringing in the light, golden Kali meditation, we do that a lot in rewilding retreats and workshops, is, is, is breathing the light in, breathing in the purity, breathing out the denseness, breathing out that which we're ready to release, that which vibrates at, at a lower level, um, that which no longer serves. So any of those types of practices, also physical, like real physical-based practices to, to, help cleanse, um, to help cleanse the manifestations in the body. Deep meditations into the body. So, so a practice of mine is just bringing my awareness to any part of the body that feels that feels dense, that feels dark, that feels heavy. Right? I'm, I'm just going to bring my awareness there. I'm going to bring some light there. I'm going to bring some love there. I'm going to move around. I'm going to, you know, like burping has been a big thing for me lately. My body is just loving to burp. It's that's the that's the way it's releasing some of the denser, darker energies, but giving ourselves the space for it to be a physical release. So physically moving, some women vomit, some women energetically vomit, some women have to cough. So really letting the body be involved in this whole process of purification, right? This isn't just a mind thing. It's allowing the body to get involved. I just did a one-on-one -on -one session with a woman and she stood sweating, sweating. Now it's freezing cold. She's not moving. She stood sweating. That's her body physically releasing, physically detoxifying, physically cleansing itself. She was working with Kali, of course, right? Like, of course, she picks a big one at first. And she had to go to the bathroom halfway through um, in a very cleansing process. But letting the body be a part of it. So that's th th any of those big awakening to the feminine practices, the embodiment practices, working with the goddesses, body-based practices, tantric-based practices, shakti-based practices, like you can't avoid cleansing the body when you start doing those practices. Okay, 
This has been amazing, and it's been wonderful, and I've loved being in circle with you all. Um, I've loved co-creating the space with you. I've loved that so many of you put your hand up to say, like, hey, I'm going to hold space for us to traverse these realms. I'm so grateful that we get to talk about these things, um, that we get to both honor the past and the wisdom that's come through and some of the ancient practices. So on one hand, to honor that, but then also to honor what it is that we are in now, right? How it looks now, how we are wired now, how our society is now, um, the different trials and tribulations and challenges that this current awakening path is, right? I'm not, I'm not a nun in a monastery. You're most likely not a nun in a monastery, right? We don't get to be mystics in monasteries anymore. It's different. The awakening path looks different. Lots of us have children and jobs, and we live with people who might not be on the awakening path, right? The, the nuns in the monasteries, everyone was on the awakening path. It would be like having a rewilding retreat permanently. That would be insane. I would die for sure. Either that or I'd be lightened, enlightened in like a week. Um... So it's, it's such an honor and such a pleasure, and I love being able to, to do both, to hold both the ancient practices and the ancient wisdom and to really honor what those who've gone before us have brought in, but also to talk about and have these conversations about what is it like now. Um, and I invite you, if you're in our Facebook group, obviously if you're watching this live, you're in the Facebook group, um, to share in the Facebook group, share anything, any resources, any practices, I think what our group is really sort of changing into is this place that contains resources. It's like an archive of beautiful supports to the awakening path, to the rewilding path, coming back to self, stripping back all the false layers. Um, so if you've got some stuff around Dark night that you want to share or you feel to share. This is absolute invitation um, to share in the circle. We would love to have, we would love to have more resources in there. Um, not from a promotional standpoint. So you don't get to share your own stuff and say, come to this event or come to this thing. Cause I get that every day, like 20 of those. Just got to get that out there. Okay. Um, so much love to you all. I'm so grateful um, to be able to do this and I will see you next week since we're on the weekly schedule for lives. Okay. Mwah.